I've got the sparse, the sickness, there's the twins in my brain. Hey everyone, and welcome to another Domestic Cycling Podcast. Today we are reviewing, or rather previewing, the Il Lombardia, the classic of the falling leaves. Uh, I'm Brom, and with me I have Dietrich. Dietrich, you wanted to review this this classic, the last monument of the season. Tell me, what do you want to talk about? Uh, we have uh, Pogacar, Remco, Roglic starting. Uh, yeah, that those are the three biggest names. Also, Hili, Carapaz, uh, Mas. Yeah, all the greats, about all the great climbers. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a monument. Uh, it will be an insane race, I think. Uh, normally, you would say that Pogacar could take it, but uh, Roglic just slapped Pogacar in Emilia. Uh, we don't know how good Remco is. So, yeah, it does uh, seem that in the I previous uh, Italian classics that lead up to Lombardia, Dei Pogacar has shown that he's good, but that, not that he's at his, his normal level. Um, that does kind of open the door for, for Primoz Roglic, who has been, well, very strong. Uh, it seems that the transfer... Well, silly season isn't exactly hurting him, and he's actually able to just power through it. Yeah, I think he wanted to show uh, his new team, Bora, uh, that he uh, still uh, is in the shape, uh, can have the shape to Klaipo uh, Gatschach and other great uh, cyclists. Uh, I really didn't expect Hoglic to win that one, gonna be honest. thought Pogacar uh, would Take the win pretty easy there because this, uh, he uploaded some training data before Emilia and the vamps he was pulling were insane. Like on, uh, on, on not that steep gradients, like six, seven percent. He, uh, yeah, vamps is basically how much altitude meters you ride in an hour. So how fast you climb and the pace was insane. So yeah, Foglich was really good. It's not like that. It, the the race was ridden slowly either or something like Roglic was just very good. It wasn't that Pogacar was, Pogacar was bad, Roglic was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I do want to say, uh, whatever you just said about Bora, we are uh, recording this when we have no official news. This is still just a rumor, but by the time this podcast goes out, it might become official. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a bit uh, crazy out there when it comes to all the, the transfer announcements and rumors. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on Remco's chances? Because, of course, we don't exactly know uh, how good he's going to be after the Vuelta. Um, but this is definitely one of his season goals. I mean, well, pretty much his whole season has been his goal so far. Um, but this is definitely one of those monuments that he, yeah, he's got a very high up his list. Yeah. And uh, what were his goals pre-season? I think Liege, Giro. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Champs time trial and uh, Lombardia. I think that were his pre-season yep. goals. He's won. Uh, yeah, he has So uh, yeah, I think also in Grand Tours he has a bigger chance to beat the best than in a, in a Grand Tour. Like I don't see him beating Fingegaard, Pogacar. Uh, I use of Roglic he can have I think in a Grand Tour but I don't see him beating the best in a, in a Grand Tour but I do see him beating the best in a 
in a one-day classic when everyone is in shape. So, yeah, when Kaimko has been isn't in, in his in his shape, I do. Uh, yeah, I don't want to ride uh, against him, even not even if I'm Pogacar uh, or Is it a bit a disadvantage for him that he's not riding these uh, preparation races? Uh, if you can compare to uh, the Flemish classics, you, you sort of have uh, a couple of weeks before the Tour of Flanders with other Flemish races to to get ready to get that feel of those types of races. Um, usually people who want to compete for the monument then also do the preparation races. Uh, here we're seeing uh, Pogacar and Roglic do the preparation races for Ilombardia, but not Remco. Is that going to hurt his chances? Well, if you see how we how we go to it to win the Ash, <laughs> seems that he doesn't uh, really suffer from it. Like, yeah, he, uh, he isn't on altitude now, though. Um, but I have the feeling Remco knows or his trainer knows how to prepare him perfectly mm-hmm. for, uh, for a one day race just with training without, without race day. So I'm not scared for that. Do we actually know what Remco's doing? Cause it's been very quiet around him, uh, since the end nice. of the He's doing big rides, but unfortunately he's doing them in Belgium. So mm-hmm. I can't, um, like if you, uh, yeah, the big guys like Pogacar don't upload what, but, uh, as I said, for Pogacar, you can look at the pace he, cl- uh, he climbed at to, and then look at the wind and the gradients and blah, blah, blah to, uh, know how good he is. But yeah, I can't do that, uh, because yeah, Hanko is basically training on the flat. All right. Um, well, let's take a look at the, the course that we have for Ilambardia. Uh, Ilambardia is quite uh, a, a unique monument in that it changes the parkour so often. Um, we are uh, dealing with the 2021 parkour, uh, so it's a completely different parkour to last year um, with uh, a lot longer climbs. Uh, in 2021, it was won by Pogacar in, with the, the duel uh, with Masnada. Um and third place for Adam Yates and fourth for Roglic. Um, does this new parkour, like, how different is it to race on this parkour than the parkour of last year? Very different. Um, the 2021 course is with longer climbs and less steep climbs. And uh, last year was with shorter but steeper climbs, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Um, like we saw, uh, Masnada. Yeah, riding very good in 2021. You in the same shape. Masnada wouldn't ride as good on a 20 uh, 2022 uh, parkour. Like it's it's like it's not a not a heavy guy obviously, but it's like one of the heavier climbers. So they can cope uh, with the less steep gradients. Yeah, it's it's a a big big change to be honest. Like the parkours are. It looks like there are two total different races. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we uh, we we also have some some history with, with Remco at this race uh, when he crashed out. Uh, was it uh, 2020 or 2021? Um, I I think it was 2020 um, with uh, the pelvic fracture. Um, do you think that like on a mental level uh, he still has? Um, like a an open bill there uh, to to try and make up for that. Yeah, definitely. 
I think if he would, yeah, we also know Rampo. Uh, if he wins Saturday, I think the races, uh, he'll point to a slip or something. He just so he'll before the race, uh, he'll say no. Uh, I don't uh, think about uh, that anymore. But if he wins, we'll see him pointing to his hip or something because yeah, it's definitely in in the back of his head. Uh, even when he says uh, it is like he almost lost his life there. So mm-hmm. yeah, of course it's going to be in the back of his head. Uh, there is also a little fun element that uh, he made a bet with a Belgian YouTuber Average Rob that if he wins Lombardia, he's going to leave. Uh, a mustache for the whole off season, so that's something to look forward to if he wins. Um, he had the, the bet. Uh, yeah, he made it in the in the TV program uh, Rainbow Remco. Um, ah, so yeah, I didn't see that time. So if uh, he won um, one of the world championships uh, and uh, well, initially it was the Giro, but because the Giro fell through, they changed the bet to uh, be. Uh, Lombardia, uh, he would uh, not shave his mustache. And uh, for those who don't know, Average Rob, he's a, a big Belgian YouTuber, quite famous for his mustache as well. So that's that's going to be something to look forward to if Remco wins this one. Well, off season, that's that's pretty long. It's like four months. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think maybe until uh, the first of first uh, of January, <laughs> but it, it's still something to look forward to. Um, when it comes to uh, the parkour, with it being the longer climbs, uh, is that an advantage for Roglic, who I don't think has won this state, uh, this race yet? No, I would think it's an uh, it's an advantage for Ro- for Roglic. He lost them short, steep climbs like Emilia. Um, oh, I think it's uh, I think it's good for Ramko, to be honest. Like Pogacar is about as good on short steep as long not steep uh shallow uh, but Remco can like yeah put hammer down on those rolling climbs get in the get in the uh, position so I think uh, it's it benefits Remco the most all right um of course, it has been uh, a long time already since Yambo actually was able to to win a monument. I think it was um, what Fanat winning Milan Sanremo. Uh, is that the last time they won a monument? A monument? I think so. And before that, Roglic leg. Oh, could be, could be him as well. Uh, I think that's, they're obviously that not was very frequent. I think. Yeah, it uh, was with that was 2020. Mark Hirschi uh, still was <laughs> good for that. And that wasn't 2020. And Wout van Aert and was 2021, I think. Could be, could be. I'm just going to check that. So that we're saying the right stuff. Uh, ah, no, it is Wout van also 2020. So Roglic, Liesch, the last one, I think. Okay, so they're obviously not very frequent monument winners uh, in the, the spring classics. It's definitely always... Uh, a large part of uh, contention. Um, is this kind of th- their last chance to, well, win it as Jumbo Visma? I'm guessing so, because we're not going to have Jumbo Visma anymore next year. It's going to be Amazon, Sudal, Quickstep, Visma, blah, blah, blah <laughs> next year. So, uh, yeah, 
but it's crazy to think about such such a dominant team. Uh, yeah, they won about every Flemish classic race this year again. Vought uh, wasn't good enough in, in the hundred, and he uh, pinctured in Roubaix like three years. Uh, that's already crazy for Wout alone to not win a monument, but then you also have Hoglic and all the guys in the team, so it's yeah, so crazy that they haven't won a monument for, for so long. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, um, are there any other big names besides those three that we've already spoken about that um, you know we should be be thinking about for for the Saturday? Uh, sneaky man uh, was so good in uh, in the classic season, but isn't talked about too much at the moment. Ben Healy, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the leading group. Uh, at one Saturday, he was in Luxembourg, I think it was. Uh, he was he did a crazy solo one day, but then the other day he was shit in the time trial. So they have it. That's some weeks ago, I think. It finished the 24th of September. Now we're so yes, still two weeks to train after that. So I think mm-hmm. he will be good. They also have Carapaz in the team. Uh, Moss is starting. Uh, but with EF Education, do you think they will ride for Carapaz on on this particular parkour? I think if it is more the the steep uh, the steep punchy climbs, it would be better for Healy. But with the the longer climbs, it doesn't suit Carapaz more. Carapaz hmm. was really good in in Emilia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. also just protect protect Healy. Why not? Like you, Carapaz is like the fan's favorite. Don't use Healy to. The domestic for Carpas or something, just use use board as, as protected leaders in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, the well, we're recording this on Tuesday, so the uh, start list isn't updated yet. So that's six to be honest. But I also see Dylan Tunes. Uh, he's I haven't seen him uh, since. Wallonie after Scano, I think. Oh no, he did a pretty good result somewhere. <laughs> I forgot where it was. Let me just find it. Uh, yeah, I think that was. I think he's having a pretty good like uh, second part of the season. Uh, the Tour of Luxembourg, uh, he was third in the stage there as well, uh, and of course second place in Crampi de, de Wallonie uh, stage. Yeah. Yeah, he could just. He's a guy that just sometimes just completely out of the blue just rides in a an insane form. So he could uh, uh, ride. I think he never rode a good Lombardia, not that I can remember. Uh, but yeah, an interesting guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, he once he once got third in Lombardia turns in 2018. Damn. I, I think that. it is one of those races that fits him really well. Just like the the type of efforts, it, it's, yeah. it's perfect for him. Um, and we uh, haven't really seen uh, too much of him this year, to be honest. Well, we yeah. have seen like the, the results haven't been there, the wins haven't been there. That I'm sure uh, Israel Premier Tech would be expecting from him. Um, I also yeah. don't think we'll see that win uh, at Ilombadia, yeah. but I yeah. think he'll he'll be there for a top ten spot for sure. Yeah, 
if I recall correctly, he had, uh, I don't recall what, but he had problems in classic season. Then he rode a very good Tour de Swiss. Uh, then in the Tour, he also looked to be in a very good shape, but yeah, just didn't. Uh, yeah, you also need some luck to win if you're not uh, one of the uh, on one of the top guys. Yeah, like every everything needs to go right for for a guy like Tunes to win to the front stage. Let's be honest. Um, but that doesn't it's mean it's gone right for him a couple of times already. So yeah, it's not true. impossible. Yeah. But I had to, I, I've had the feeling that he was as good this Tour de France as he was in other Tour de France's when he won a stage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like uh, results don't always say yeah, everything. Uh, that's what I mean. And then now he's building up, building up a, a good form, it seems, in the, in the last races. So who knows? Yeah, for sure. Um well, it, it, while we're recording this, uh, a UCI statement came out uh, that talks about uh, a possible merger between UCI uh, World Team Jumbo Fisma and Sudal Quickstep. I thought I'd just quickly bring this into this podcast uh, because uh, it seems to imply that um, they would not be able to sell the uh, UCI uh, World Tour license for next year, meaning uh, next season there would be 17 uh, World Tour teams, which... It's quite an interesting development. This year there were 18 World Tour teams then. Yes. So, so they might, so they might uh, uh, raise the limits of guys in the team then, or like two extra 32 riders like they did in the COVID uh, uh, season. That's not currently mentioned, um, but who knows? Uh, there will be uh, some more communication on uh, October 19th is what I see here. But let's head back to El Lombardia. Um, with uh, a lot of the, the longer climbs uh, back again, where do you expect that the race will, will explode? Um, if you yeah, like Lombardia as a race of which you expect that it's, it's so heavy, it'll explode early uh, but most of the time the parkour being that heavy kind of creates uh, a situation where nobody wants to go too early because the parkours are so heavy so that you get a pretty boring race uh, but mm-hmm. yeah we have the two crazy uh, 120 kilometer solo guys Pugacic and Fremko starting so you never know uh, yeah if I was Roglic I definitely wouldn't attack or I maybe if he feels amazing, but I win. And Spokacek and Remko, yeah, are crazy guys. You can expect anything from them. So I have mm-hmm. absolutely no idea where uh, where your race will start. But yeah, in a normal situation, the... yeah, go ahead. In a normal situation, I would expect on the Paso della. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to pronounce it as Cosetta. And allow it like before that you also already have pretty tough climbs but so that is uh, between them and no, that, that's about 80 kilometers from the line is that not too early or is that just sweet spot for these guys i think 
the group will be heavily uh, reduced on that line. And then, the, like an elite group, uh, to the Paso de Ganda, and then to the race to absolutely blow up there. That's what I think. All right. Do you have any other things you want to talk about for uh, Lombardia? I just saw, I am, Trek. Oh, Trek. Ciccone. Ciccone. That's an interesting name. He was good in the media, but I think that's uh, a race that suits him more than Lombardia, to be honest. Uh, like he was, I I don't know if you if you saw that he was like on the the last uh, climbing in in, uh, in Emilia. <laughs> he had a, a pain face, yeah, an insane pain face, and it was at the bottom of the climb. So the guy uh, the guy went through some horror there, and he still finished not far down. I think 50 seconds down. So the, the guy went through some horror on that final climb. I mean, for those who've done the, the, the San Luca climb uh, on Zwift, they, they know what kind of horror that climb is to get up. Oh, it's, in, uh, it's in Zwift? Okay. Yeah, it, because of the, the TT that the Giro did a couple of years ago that went up there. Uh, basically, that whole uh, stage that was like a eight kilometer TT up to San Luca as the first stage. Uh, they recreated that stage and put it in Zwift. Um, it's probably my favorite course, uh, but oh, oh, is, that is... A, is that the course you were racing on earlier this year? Uh, I did do a race on it earlier this year, yeah, but it, it, it's okay. it's so hard. Well, I'm, um, I'm not uh, not going to race on that. Can <laughs> <I> tell <laughs> you that? It's it's a two kilometer effort with like pitches from like 14, 16%. It's it's hardcore. So if you do that five times in a race, um, I understand why he would make such a pain face. It's 10% average, I think. Like pros do it in in six minutes, but normal humans do it. It's a long effort, like 12, 15 minutes maybe. So yeah, that's that's going to hurt. and also, uh, I see Gregoire and uh, Martinez are both starting. I think they were both naggered at the end of uh, of the Vuelta. But if it's it's hard for for uh, youngsters to um, yeah, cope with the with the load of of Grand Tours, and yeah, they don't normally youngsters. Uh, also, Lennart van Etveld is starting. Uh, same problem. Normally, those youngsters don't. Um, benefits from a from a Grand Tour yet unless you're 2020 Markirchi. Um, but um, normally they're like you see it with uh, Marco Frigo, for example, Cugir d'Italia, but he's completely dead for the rest of the season. The the first Grand Tour is always a hard one to cope with, but I have the feeling Leonard will super compensate and Gregoire uh, and Martinez will have trouble with it. It's Leonard seems to. While he's the first year pro, he seems to have such a big engine. He was, he did a run Monday morning after the last Vuelta stage. Who thinks he wakes up 6 a.m.? I'm going to run today. I just rode three weeks. I rode 3,500 kilometers. I'm going for a run today. Let's go, guys. Uh, I mean, it's guys, better than going for a bike ride at that point. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit of a variation that he wasn't able to go running for three weeks. I can definitely understand that. Yeah, in, in my opinion, it's crazy. 
but like giving the the youngsters a, a shout as well is a it's a good idea um i personally don't expect much from them just purely because of the the strength of the well the the big three um with, with uh, Pogaccio, Roglic and Remco um but who do you think will win Roglic looks better than Pogaccio, but Pogaccio always looks, yeah, shit, I mean, shit, shit is, mm-hmm. is, yeah, we call Pogaccio shit if he's not winning, so that's not true, but like he's not perfect in the, in the preparation races, but it's always like that, and he still always wins Lombardia, so, um, and Hanko, we don't know how good he is, I'm finding this one, I don't think Roglic will win. Don't know why. Um, he except for the Volta, he's unbeaten this season. It's crazy. And it wasn't. And he could and have won the Volta. No, thinking up would have. Thinking up was twice as good. Eh? Let's be honest. Well, yeah. There was an option. <laughs> I think to catch a Hanko, but I'm having a difficult time choose. Well, I'll stick to character and say that Remco will win. Uh, I, I have to. Uh, also, because I just mm. want to see that moustache the whole off season. Um, That's true. Me too. Like I was, I was thinking uh, a sprint. Remco versus Pogacar. Who wins that? I have no Ooh. idea. Imagine well, see, previous I, I years, I would have always said Pogacar, but the way that Remco is printing this year, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like and the considering guy, the guy. how how Roglic clapped Pogacar on Emilia, and well, basically his sprint it was a 300 meter effort. Uh, it was uphill slightly, um, but still, that's uh, I don't know who's mm. gonna win that sprint. Yeah, like Remco even clapped like. People think Alex Segert isn't fast in the sprint and uh, Remco won because Remco won the sprint in, in the Belgian national championship, but that's not true. Alex Segert really is really fast in the sprint and he did good once in, the, in that sprint and Remco beat him. So that that says the, the most to me. After about not taking Remco's a turn for almost, what was it, 10 kilometers? Yeah, exactly. Alex beat, beat high in that sprint, I think. 1,400 watts, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, Remco is more aerial, like, take he, he peaked at 1,200 or something, so that's... Yeah. I think I'm also going to say Remco, to be honest. Well, that, that, that's, that's a surprise. I thought you were still a, a real Pogacar believer. But right, I'll, I definitely I'll, am, I'll keep you I'm, on that. I'll keep you on that. And, uh, also on a choo-choo a, train. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not gonna do it now. Sorry, um, but I am gonna wrap up today's some Mexique Cycling Podcast. A big thank you to our audience for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, consider supporting us on Ko-Fi or Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. And if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and turn on notifications. We appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time. Ciao. Bye. I've got the sparse, the sickness. There's the twins in my brain.